the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my marriage. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments and so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake and we're at a Christian festival and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I'm Brandon. He's Ed. He's laughing. We're dumb. It sounds so serious. I feel. I think you need to start wearing a cowboy hat to these. Because I almost sound... bought one of those Bud Light cowboy hats at Walmart. Just... Were they on? Were they on sale or something? I don't. I don't know. There's that, and there's PBR ones, and there's other American flag ones. I'm like, I need to buy it, but no one's gonna see it because we don't do video. <laughs> I fucking rock that cowboy you hat. You know, but you could put you could post a picture on the page and like this is what I look like when I talk to you. <laughs> Every time we do an interview, I'm wearing the cowboy hat and nothing else. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Everyone out there listening, just think Ed and I could be sitting in our rooms doing this completely naked. And now you probably at this point they hit the stop button and unsubscribe. Yep. <laughs> oh gross. I don't want to think about that. I uh, I, I do. Yeah, so I don't have any rants today, but I just want to like share something with people, which is kind of cool. I don't know if it's cool. So like, I decided like my job is slow down because I have a normal job. This doesn't pay, and I'm like, I decided that I might start giving guitar lessons at the school here or the store. Now, I don't know the first thing about giving lessons. I never give anybody lessons. Like I taught people how to play a song or something, but like. Maybe I'll actually like it. I don't know. I'm I, I'm a little nervous because it's like, well, I've played in a band forever, but it's totally different trying to convey that to a child or a teen or whatever. He says I'm going to get like different kind of students. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous about it. It's like, how do you? <laughs> if I mean, I've taken lessons, but is it going to be in person? Yeah, hmm. yeah, like in per- like one-on-one you know well any audience members out there listening if you would like to be taught guitar from ed you can probably (laughs) do it virtually too he has zoom do the virtual teachings i don't know the first thing about doing it that's the thing like i was never good at picking up the stuff i mean i can play stuff but trying to explain that so it might be a good thing for me to like relearn everything with somebody else and then I mean, a lot of my friends who've taught said, like, well, you will pick it up because you'll be doing it so much. So <laughs> I guess I see that as a good thing. I don't know. Go take guitar lessons to give guitar lessons. Basically, that's what it is. <laughs> Pretty sad, right? Like, I've been rec- been recording songs and making my own music, but, like, when it comes down to it, I don't know shit. 
I mean, I guess some guitar players, you do, you just don't know what you're doing. So it just, you understand it without knowing the technical terms, right. I guess. And I've always wanted to learn it and I try to learn it, but my brain wouldn't pick up on it. I don't know if maybe I just made some, some sort of ADD. Some so, people know how to write really good music and have no idea how the hell they're doing it. That's how, I guess that's how periphery works. That's a good example. Like they, well, I'm sure they're lying somewhere. Somebody knows they're just saying that, but like, I don't know. I see it as a good thing and I would never, it, you know, anybody listening, like it doesn't hurt to have guitar lessons and knowledge. You know, you can't be like, I never had a lesson in my life. I'm so good. I'm like, but that's you being stubborn because you're never too old to learn anything. And I'm trying to, I'm nervous, but I'm going to probably embrace it as best yeah. I can. Maybe I'll be even better than I am and not even know it. So, and then they're also saying like, well, the teacher was like, or the, the owner, he's like, and don't, don't ever assume that because you learn lessons, you're going to forget how to do everything. And then you're going to be stuck in a box. I'm like, no, I don't really see myself doing that. It would just be more like understanding what I'm doing, but I'd still like have a, my own sense of writing abilities. It wouldn't affect me any. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Some people think doing lessons is going to ruin your identity somehow. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> anyway, that's not really a rant. I just wanted to share that there, buddy, in case you ever come to that point in life. <laughs> that random clicking is back in my headset again, and it's driving <laughs> me insane. I can't hear it, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it can get picked up, but I, I, I hear it, and I just hear driving me insane it's like someone hitting a fucking hi-hat constantly well, anyways well, well. yeah <laughs> there's got to be a bad wire somewhere it's, it's a mouse eating your shit motherfucker <laughs> well anyone out there listening by the time this episode airs you would probably have already been involved in our round table if you were involved in the round table What'd you think about it? Not really sure what the hell a round table was. I'm sure you can go back and find it in the episodes. We're going to have a gathering of a lot of people and we're going to talk live all at the same time. We might even use the video for that one. So if we talk about it before it happens in an episode that'll air after it happens, it's kind of like we've went to the future already. Back to the future. Yes. Just don't be... I was hoping we'd have meat swords. Meat swords? Like knights at the round table. Like, you know, knights at the round table that put their meat swords down on the... On the... <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say, I, I'm not oh, trying to get out my meat sword. Uh... <laughs> I, don't, sword. I, don't, I don't know what type of beating you're thinking of, but this is not the type that I was talking about. I just see the picture... <laughs> I just picture, like, the knights at the round table, and they're putting their swords on the table, and I just thought of meat sword. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that note if you would like to be on dark side of the scene and not pull out your meat sword um send an email to brandon at darksidethescene.com and we will get you scheduled on a future episode but we have someone in the waits so we're going to bring them on in so hold on to your butts and we'll be back in a second like to take this time to welcome Cole to the show. Cole, thanks for coming out and talking with Ed and I. Thank you for having me. Cole, 
anyway. <laughs> where, yes. where are you from, Cole? Where am I from? I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I currently reside in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm going to get some hate right now for saying it wrong, but whatever. Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> well, if you're not, well, you're not from there, so it's okay to screw that up. How did you say yeah. it wrong? Uh, they don't say it Norfolk. Hmm. It's Norfolk. Norfolk. Even though, yeah, even though it's spelled Nor F O L K, but hey, it's 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 a local thing, so. Norfolk. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. I've heard Norfolk as well. <laughs> is it a just because of the twang to their southern accent, or is it just I don't know. Yeah, a lot of I people say really I sound southern, and then Ed thinks I sound like a cowboy or something. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I have the the cowboy gruff voice. Yeah, the gruffy voice of the Stetson man. So <laughs> what 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 do you do in Norfolk? Huh? All right. So I am. Uh, well, I've got. I guess uh, technically I have two jobs. So my day job, I work infrastructure uh, for information technology for the city of Hampton. And then my night job, I am a musician. So I run, I'm a performer in a band called the Optimistic Cynics. It's an original band. Uh, We do, everyone says that our style in that band is mostly, um, how to describe Optimistic Cynics. Hmm. It's like uh, Matchbox 20 meets Dave Matthews band. Okay. It, that, that's, that's 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 pretty that's, popular that's a popular genre in general yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so uh he, my the band leader in that one he'll, he'll describe it as americana but um it, it's it's just rock and roll nice and and so i'm a performer in that band i'm also a uh writer in that band so i do have some we do have some music um that i've written keys on so i play keys i play saxophone uh my bread mm-hmm. and butter is actually sax uh so that's an instrument that i um i would say i'm formally trained on it uh but Honestly, any, all, of the, all the instruments that I play, I started colloquially just picking up and just kind of going, hey, I want to figure this out. And saxophone was my very first instrument. Holy crap, you're uh, our first saxophone player. Oh, is that right? And then I think the previous one, I made fun of the saxophone players because like, <laughs> only because like of the the guy's story. And I was like, I wonder oh. if saxophone players are that controlling. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe we. I, I'm not going to. Maybe it might be it might be a true statement. Okay. <laughs> I don't consider myself controlling, but I am very organized and um and I, I am a director. So uh, in the oh. second act that I control effectively is uh, is a band called Stage Select, and we are a video game rock band. And so um, I, uh, I I operate everything about that band. I'm 100 percent in control of. So I do the bookings. I do everything, booking, uh, social media posts, website management, um, everything, uh, talent book. Yeah, talent acquisition, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's a show band, so we do have a show that we sort of just travel around and then we perform it. Um, so it's less inclined to be more like the jukebox style bands that you know you have out there. Um, but yeah, and that's just it. We have a set list. Um, the set list isn't always the same. Um, I do in that band. We just, we sort of have a little bit of a culture. Uh, so with Stage Select, um, that is that is the video game rock band. Um, we have effectively, I try to do this thing where I start the show, like with the same 
the exact same song we start the show with, which is basically Halo. Uh, it's a medley that we wrote, Halo, Tetris, and Punch Out are the th- are the three songs in that. And uh, and the only reason why I did that is just sort of like sort of to create like a, a, a culture. So every time we perform, no matter where we perform, we start with that E5. You know, like oh, you know, you know Halo. I'm not gonna sing it because uh, yeah, you don't want me to sing. <laughs> But anyways, but we start every show with Halo. And um, and then, of course, from there, we deviate. Sometimes we'll play, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog or we'll go into, you know, Dire Dire Docs and do all that stuff. But yeah, that, that's the other band that I that I that I run. So I'm in I'm in two major music, major music projects. I was in several other bands. Um, I played keys for a band called Rosebird. I played um, keys in another band called Up in the Air. They were just strictly like your 100 percent cover band. Um. Yeah, and then prior to uh, a lot of the my current music projects, I I was a contract to hire performer. I've worked for Disney Casting Call as just a solo musician. I've done um, solo gigs on like cruise lines and just performing just for like a, I think it was Royal Caribbean, actually Disney Cruise as well. Um, but yeah, I've I'm a, I'm a performer in my night job, and that's actually where my passion's at. But we all know how music is, right? <laughs> Yeah, brings in that bread and butter <laughs> but no um yeah so it it effectively funds my living and uh and my hobby music <laughs> right i was gonna say how do you have time to balance all that out that's crazy uh, yeah that's why that's where i kind of go i'm i'm, I'm very regimented in in kind of how i operate so yeah um because time management is very very key in in managing a lot of that stuff mm. yeah Nice. So luckily for me, my day job is, is it's a strict Monday through Friday, uh, you know, like 7 a.m. ends at like three o'clock. Uh, so it, it, that doesn't change, which I'm really grateful for. Um, it is right. a government job. I have every holiday off like that kind of number. So that allows me to pour the time into my, my other projects. Now, um, what's really cool is, is I actually my um I'm actually kind of relatively new in the um, in the rock and roll side of the music scene. Uh, prior to this, I was more like classically trained, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, yeah. in high school, I did the jazz band. I did the marching band, the symphonic band, the indoor drum line, all that stuff. But um, but 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 pretty recently, I think it was actually it was during that scenario that you call the uh, the, the beast. Yeah. <laughs> yes during that time frame is where it, it was actually right before it had just hit i was like you know uh it had been a while since i played because uh, honestly for, for a little bit i actually had to back out of music because i actually had a major medical problem uh one of the things i tell people a lot up front is um is that uh i i i i i have to manage ptsd and one of the ways i do that is with music so mm-hmm. um i was in september 11th when that building got hit by a plane Literally, when that building got hit by the plane, I was actually in that. I was at the ground level of September 11th, um, and uh, and I have PTSD from that. And one of the things that I I, I tell all my musicians up front, and even then, uh, the other band, Optimistic Cynics, in that band, my 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 band leader also knows that I I kind of you know I've got this thing where sometimes um, the PTSD will. It, it manifests and then I have to, you know, you know, this is years after dealing with therapy and stuff like that, um, that I have to you know, I go, Oh shoot. The symptoms are here. Hey guys, let me give you a heads up. Um, you know, just, you know, just take it easy. I'm on edge. Just kind of, you know, just, and then they're, they're usually aware. They're like, Oh shoot. Okay. Let's see what we can do to support Cole. So I've got a really good support group in, uh, in both of these bands. Um, and sometimes I go, Hey guys, you know, like I can't do a solo on the saxophone during the song. Like I have that, I have this, 
I, I'm really aware of the, um, of the telltale signs of when uh, a PTSD moment is going to happen as in like my body's kind of got that anxiety and, you know, it's taking me back and I'm starting to get the flashbacks and that actually happens to me while I play live. So um, I, you know, I tell these guys, Hey, look, you know, this is about to happen. And then they're really good about jumping in. They go, okay, well, Cole was supposed to solo here. We're going to boom, you know, we're, we're going to modify and, and adapt and stuff like that. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, so like, yeah, you don't smoke like weed or try some CBD oil, you know. Just you know, it's funny. Everybody that I mentioned that, everybody I mentioned that says that. <laughs> uh, at least no. try the at least try the oil. So, like, if you're worried about like pissing like dirty or something, <laughs> but, like, I, I think it's yeah. pretty good. Like for what, how far we've come to treat like certain things naturally, like I think it works pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, I've know. had that recommendation before. Yeah. Um, I've never been into drugs or alcohol or none of that stuff, so I'm I'm, I'm pretty straight edge. Um, but yeah, it was during like this medical scenario, I had sort of stepped away from music to kind of like just, you know, focus on mental health. And then I was like, okay, and then the beast happened. And I'm like, well, okay, let me, let me get my hands back into it. But this time I want to be part of like a musical project where I have, you know, bandmates and, and, you know, people that can collaborate and, and I can just be part of something mm-hmm. and, and I could do that. So previously it was me by myself recently as of, you know, that you know 2019 monstrosity um i had started getting into more of the playing with bands and rock and rolls and stuff like that so um i uh i think maybe about four years now right is it yeah. has it been about almost four years almost yeah, yeah. We're, 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 it's approximately yeah so in approximately almost four years i go and it was really cool how all of this started actually believe it or not so i was walking on the beach and i was with my wife at the time but we we're just walking down the beach and I'm just like, you know what? I really want to just, I want to, I want to join a band. And I saw some dude playing at a gazebo and uh, he was doing his solo acoustic act. And I just walked up to him. I was like, Hey bro. He's like, hey, what's up? I was like, who put you up there? He's like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, like who put you up there? He's like hmm. the city uh, booking agency. He's like, why are you looking for a band? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and well, that's literally how it started. <laughs> so you haven't been in a band prior. No, saying. no, not rock and roll wise. No, I've been in marching bands and jazz bands and things like that. But no, nothing like rock band or. So anything. I guess I could ask, how old are you? Oh boy, that's a. Uh, I'm kind of old. What's old? I mean, you could. Uh, you're ashamed to say it because <laughs> I'm old. Uh, I'm okay, all right, all right, all right. Forty. Let's let's go with that number. I'm 44. So. Oh, well, that's what's up. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be. I'm 30. You sound, way, be you sound way younger. That's why I'm like. I have a youthful spirit, I suppose. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you you haven't been in a band prior, and then you asked this guy. So. Okay, go on. Yeah. Uh, so I asked this guy. I was like, "Hey, dude," and he's like, "You looking for a band?" I'm like, "Yeah." And so, uh, and he's just like, "Well, what do you play?" I was like, "I play keys and I play sax." He goes dude, that's what I've been looking for. I've been trying to start a band. I was like, get out of here for real. He's like, yeah, I got a drummer. I got a bassist ready to go. I'm like, let's do this. And so we exchanged numbers and then um, he sends me all his stuff. And it's just the funniest thing because I listen to it. I'm just like, oh, this stuff's kind of (laughs) bad. But then I was just like, you know, it's acoustic. I was like, you know, maybe I can write to this. Sure. Let me, why not? So I, I listened to his stuff at home and I just sat down at the piano and I'm just like, you know what? And then do you guys write at all? Music, you write, you write music? I'm a guitar player. So yeah, I guess you could say I do. 
you, you sort of kind of do it on the fly as when you're when you're playing in a band. But anyway, so I just sat down and listened to his music. I start I started tinkering, and then all of a sudden, spark of creativity kind of just came to me. So I'm like, oh yes, I think I got it. And then I just wrote my whole part on the keys. And then um, you know, and then he was just you know, I was just listening to it again. I was like, man, maybe I could write a sax solo on this too. So I was like, you know, then I busted out the sax. I just started playing around with it. And I'm just and I'm like, I think I got a sax solo too. This is cool. Okay, you know what? Yeah, let me just let me go ahead and bring this up to the table. So we get together for our first practice, and this is the band, which is the Optimistic Cynics. Um, so um, we get together, and and as soon as we get together, the dude, Brian, who's I'm just gonna go ahead and name him because him and I are on really good, uh, really good terms. So, anyways, sure. so Brian and the Optimistic Cynics, uh, he's just like, hey, dude, he's like, Cole, man, this is actually sounding really great. I'm like, yeah. All we gotta do is just get the basses and the uh, the drummer on par so then we got everybody together then we started playing and then i just my bassist in that band i had some really good synergy with him and this is my first time ever playing with a rock band and i just thought it was a cool thing because a i just wrote some music b i just got to play that music with a whole band and hear it kind of come to life right hmm. and the most awesome part was was what i was writing the part that i had written all on keys had started to influence the drummer because of the rhythms that I had, and it started to influence the bassist because of my left hand. So you know, so I started influencing the guitarist, and so then I'm just starting to hear them kind of like pick parts out of the song, and it's, it was just the coolest experience ever. So I, at that point, I'm just like, you know what, this, this is this is it. This is this is what I've been looking for. This is what I wanted to do, and um, yeah, and then you know, it was actually I think we did that for a year, and then and it's really funny is in the very beginning I didn't start on saxophone because. Um, while saxophone is my bread and butter, let's go back to that thing where I said I was in September 11th. So I actually have damaged lungs from that, from breathing all that crap uh, in New York. Right. So um, it affected the way that I could play saxophone. So I actually had to hang up that instrument for about 20 years. Um, yeah, I could not play the saxophone. I did not have the lung capacity, the breath. I couldn't do it. Um, I just did the, I tried like smaller reeds. I went from a four and a half down to a three, down to a two, down to, you know, like, and it just was not enough. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So I just gave up on saxophone. And then that's when I decided I would try to pick up a different instrument and try to like learn keys or something. But um, but uh, you know, it, it was it was kind of depressing up to a point. But what's really cool is is I try to bring this back. So I'm like, you know what? Let me try. I haven't done this in 20 years. Let me bust the saxophone out. And then in my own self practice time frame for this band, I was kind of like, you know, it was, I was failing and I was kind of getting a little upset about it. So I was like, well. So that my so Brian in this band, he's like, dude, so why aren't you playing sax? I'm like, uh, well, all right, let me be straightforward with you. And I told him pretty much exactly what happened. Like, it was in September. He's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah. And, and I was like, and I just don't have the air. He's like, well, let's just give it a shot. So we had this one gig at um at a really nice hotel. But actually, it was a yacht club. Anyway, um, so it is, we had this one gig at, at, at this yacht club. In the basically yacht, you're a yacht rocker is what you're saying yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i bust out the saxophone because so i'm like nice. you know what i gave it a shot i was like look i could do one song he's like okay we're just gonna do all right just one song all right we'll do we'll do a cover song and i'm like oh okay um <laughs> oh well i kind of wanted to do it on an original piece but it's like well we just do you a little cover song. you gotta sneak the covers in to get noticed just a little bit so yeah i get dude, it dude that is 100 percent the truth in yeah. any original band i'm gonna tell you right now it's mm -hmm. like feeding vegetables to a kid yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. just 
that's the secret sauce for original bands. You have to have uh, covers and then you have to kick ass at those covers and then slip in an original and people just go, what the heck was that? But anyway, that that's that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I bust out the saxophone and I was just, te- I butchered it. Terrible. I was like, oh, it was awful. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm gonna do that again. Brian's like, no, 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 keep trying. So I'm like, I wonder if they make like digital saxophones. And I just went to Google and I had to Google digital saxophone, right? Yep. So, uh, and uh, what came up were, you know, some, you know, the EWE, like some, you know, wind synthesizers and all sorts of stuff. And then I looked up this one item called the Roland Aerophone. And um, so that I'm like, huh. And there was nothing. It was, this was like sort of like brand new, like right around the Beast era. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to make an investment. And I'm going to buy it. So I spent, I spent about eight, $900 on this thing. It was like eight, 800 some change. And that's cheap, that cheaper than a real one uh it's cheaper than a berry saxophone it's way cheaper than a than a tenor saxophone but uh probably about probably about the same price as an alto sax i wouldn't know but i was just curious <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Al- yeah cheap alto saxophones are like 250 bucks 300 bucks that's really oh, like okay. yeah, cheap that's our cheap alto professional altos are about 1600 or something like that oh. but yeah so i bought this thing and i'm just like all right let me find it let me play it so i played around with it i'm like oh this thing's so fake uh, you know, because it had that digital, uh, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, talking about when you does. hear like, yeah, fake. Every sax samples always sounds like crap. But then it had like this, um, it's had this SN mode, which was like, I don't know what the SN even stands for, but I turned huh. on the SN mode and they only have certain saxophone patches that have this mode in it. And apparently Roland had invested all of the engineering for this product into these samples. So I'm just like, okay. And then I start tweaking it. So I go, all right, let me adjust the breath settings to a read size that doesn't exist. I went from like a two to a one and a half size read. And as soon as I put it down to 1.5, I was able to play the machine exactly like an alto sax. And I'm like, oh man. And all of it, dude, all my fingerings, everything, it was just like riding a bike. And I'm like, yo, I think this is it. So when I say I play saxophone, I technically play a Roland Aerophone. Um, so I don't actually play a real saxophone. That's okay. But I mean, um, you, you, hit but the yes. Saturday, you hit the Saturday Night Live setting. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah everyone always thinks it's like a saxophone or something like that but mm. if you look at this thing like if you've got internet right now google roland aerophone and tell me it don't look like a stormtrooper rifle i'm gonna i'll look at it now <laughs> I mean, i'm worried it's gonna be like one of those with Tachi dildos but i'm gonna look at it <laughs> no Aero. so um Aero so huh? yep roland aerophone a-e-r-o that and is i think in that wicked it looks like a dildo and they make them for like <laughs> the prices range on them yeah, it, oh, it is. Um, there's a there's one for like fourteen hundred. Uh, that must be the new one. That's kind of cool. I mean, for you know your ailment. I mean, if it works for you, and I I don't think anybody would be like, I think that would bring more attention. Like, oh, what the hell is that? You know? It does. It definitely has shock value. So I would have to say part of probably the success of so far the original band and even the video game band because i play this instrument in both um is that a i have shock value so straight out curiosity has immediately like people are like wait what i thought i was hearing a saxophone but what in the world am i looking at um and then i start to play it and when i play it i play it like a saxophone player um mm. and you know that that is my role effectively in both bands is saxophone so i'll do you know solos and just start jamming and doing my thing and that thing is probably about 98% exactly playing like an alto saxophone. So nice. I play this thing and we just do our stuff. And Brian, I bring it to the band and Brian's just like, good grief, this is amazing. And so then we're like, then he starts talking about doing a record. And we're like, okay, I was like, we'll do a record. I 
I am going to say this real quick. Is it's like uh, maybe like my little boast of. I, I, I I'm going to add a little bit of, of ego here. Sure. So I believe that I am the world's first person to record an aerophone in a rock and roll album. So, um, nice. and that's nice. going to be my my claim to fame right now. So I'm sticking to it. Um, so we recorded this album with me using that aerophone, and oh, that was that was um that was that was actually a battle between me and the sound engineer because the sound engineer is like just send me that thing midi i'm like no he's like what i was like oh, you're not getting a midi sound i was like, i play this thing live and i do not use midi you're not going to get midi and so he's just like well you're gonna have to send it to me without reverb i'm like or a flat signal i'm like nope 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 and we i just had to buy i had to fight him he's like i want to use my own reverb i'm like no you're what gonna- would, like but if you had a real one there's no such thing on midi on right exactly I mean, and that's like, what that's my argument was yeah I mean, it's going to sound fine. I mean, I'm not an engineer, but I feel like it, if it tracks the same as like a real one, what's the difference? As well, this guy was real. As long as you're, unless you're off time, but like, I don't see, that's why you do it no. a bunch of times, but yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I would give them a bunch of different samples. Like sometimes I would have like, you know, a rasp in it. Sometimes I would have a bite in the saxophones that, you know, sometimes I'll run through there like, you know, when we were in the studio, he was just like, okay, now give me another run. I'm like, okay, I did a run. Oh, whoops, my finger slipped. Let me redo the run. You know, like that kind of stuff. So studio session wise, it's pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. But um, but he was real particular about a certain way of recording. But then I just had to be like, hey, look, you know, this is the first time I'm pretty sure that you've ever recorded this instrument. And I've been playing this instrument for several months before we went in to record this album. And I said, look, I've there are a lot of things that I learned about this. There are a lot of things that I had to do to, to get a really good sound live let's just go with all of that just raw record me and you know anytime you need me to come in to do something like if you modify or change something then i'll come in and redo i'll redrop the line he's like well that's gonna be expensive but anyways ultimately we 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 trucked through and got through it we got a record put out and stuff like that but but anyways what's really cool is about this band during the um the beast era um we had lost our drummer we had lost our bass player Oh man, the rhythm section. Ugh. Yeah. So our our oh. our bass player, I'm really good friends with our original bass player player. Mm-hmm. And um he's um uh, if a human he, he's kind of like a human cat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if a cat were a dude, that would be my bass player. So it was it, 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 unpredictably and, but, sneaky, is what you're saying. Yes, unpredictable, and you know, and then when he wants to do something, he was really good at it, and just but not completely reliable. Because just straight up, be like, "Hey, look, a ball of yarn," and where'd our bass player go? Like, <laughs> so it was, and we dealt with that for a little bit, but it got to the point where you know, during the uh, the beast, he thought all the music scene was going to drive and he would never play bass again. So he got rid of his bass, he got rid of his amp, and just had this panic, like you know, the world coming to an end moment. Yeah. Our drummer did the same thing. Our drummer had a meltdown. He's straight out like, man, I don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow, man. Uh, and just poof, ninja vanish. Uh, our drummer did the same thing, you know, just. And like, I was like, what? Wait, so your drummer, you, you had a drummer do the same exact thing? Well, yeah, like it. Anxiety got to him. I mean, he's back, but like he was oh. a lot of. He had a lot going on with himself. So and uh, we're glad he's back. I think. Wow. Thing, his life is but all that you know and some people with high anxiety they can't handle like stressful situations especially what had happened so you know it's it, it's hard on a lot of people who really can't deal with what and, happened 
Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess I can understand that. I don't know. I, I always, I think it's because I'm always such a high anxiety person. I think it's just, I just live with it all the time. So maybe I have a higher threshold. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, I can get it. It, 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 varies, it varies with everybody. Like myself, I'm, I didn't care, but like a lot of people really sensitive to the whole beast era, you know, as we yeah. show that like either people could handle it and kind of just, I wouldn't say handle it, but like, you know, yeah, we'll be fine. Other people were just freaking out. You know, every, well, we all knew all the people that freaked out and <laughs> don't look at me. You'll get me sick. You know, like, uh, it yeah, was a weird time. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I I kind of am a little I don't know I would almost say it, it changed the scene up a lot out here uh, for one thing it made the gigs a whole lot they ended earlier so there's no more playing till one in the morning two in the morning kind of thing and I actually ended up loving that yeah I, 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 I'm with you on that <laughs> I was like hell I was like yeah man I was like I get to go to bed at a decent hour tear the stage down go home wake up I was like oh this is nice <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, so, but it, but then again, the problem, the other problem that kind of came with that was also that bars and stuff got too used to not paying musicians because oh. musicians were starving for work so much that you know, even when they stay alive, they were like, look, we'll be in your bar for just the door or we'll play in your bar for, you know, a, a sandwich and a drink like and, and the problem was that because. You know, every a lot of places were getting shut down because they were not allowed to operate. So there was a lot of speakeasy kind of things going on, and 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 after all of the restrictions started to lift, they didn't want to pay money. That you get what I'm saying. So like the mentality yeah. was like, well, why should I? If I was getting it for free for the past year and a half, two years, why should I pay for these acts? I'm just going to continue to do the same thing. So there's that. You know, the I mean, there was a plus and a and a minus from all that. But that reminds me of like some places where. <laughs> there was almost like a curfew and i'm like so is the beast more active at night or something <laughs> I, don't know, I, just re- <laughs> I just remember that like like what is it like walmart's closing at 10 it's like why oh yeah like why why are things closing because of the time is the is again the disease a nocturnal thing i, I just found yes. that a little silly it just, it just brought me memories of that so i just had to laugh oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, uh, we, we, it is, it's is, it is so, not a cool time for humanity. So, how was the scene in general where you live? Like- the scene is, um, it's, it thrives at approximately about like spring, so March, March, and then it dies down, uh, like September, Why? October. Wouldn't, wouldn't there be like fall, like, you know? Nah. No? Nah. It, it, it's straight because the beach dies as soon as it starts to get like cold. Oh, the, you the, live okay. You live by the beach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm at. Uh, I'm at. The, I'm literally at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Man. So what I used to do before I joined the bands, I used to just get when the, during the dry season, I used to go look. I'm gonna fly to Orlando and gig out there, and then as soon as like the winter is over, then I'm gonna fly back to you know Norfolk and effectively just play in this scene here, and so that's kind of like what I did um, in the interim. So like as soon as the season started to dry up, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to look for gigs in Orlando, you know, contact the booking agents down there, fly down, do a couple gigs over the weekend, fly back home. So what brought you from New York to down there? Uh, I actually, it was really funny. So I, um, oh man. So I ended up going to college in Virginia. Um, Hmm. 
I had left to go to a, initially I went to a college called Roanoke College, which is in Salem. I got a scholarship. It was a music scholarship to go there. So I was like, hey, I want to take this scholarship and just get away from everybody and just go to the, this school. And um, and I did that in the year 2000. <laughs> but anyways, I was home on fall break and um, and it, it was a private college. So we got basically like a spring break, fall break, summer break is a bunch of breaks. But anyway, so when I was coming home from fall break, I had a roommate and uh, we were talking about uh, my roommate was from uh, also from New York. He was from Long Island. I was from Brooklyn. And uh, we were talking about our places that we were like, hey, yo, I got this awesome piece of joint. We were like, oh, you got a boss piece of joint. I got an awesome piece of joint. I was like, oh, shoot. No, we got it. So we did like a little pizza quest thing. <laughs> And and then, yeah, you know, and then uh, September 11th decided it wanted to rain on that that parade. But um, and then and it actually it actually really ended up hitting me pretty hard because what ended up happening was like I couldn't I couldn't come back to and function like the rest of the normal world after I had literally experienced that. So I had a I had a uh, I had a real problem adjusting Um, anyways. So you didn't like I don't know, like just little things would trigger you basically. Oh, I had, believe it or not, I had no idea I was even suffering from PTSD. I didn't get diagnosed oh. till like so you didn't later like, on. You weren't like scared of getting on planes and or the sound. Oh no, I would like avoid that. planes okay. like the plague, and the sound yeah. of a plane would immediately make me. It would immediately give me nightmares of what of literally what I had lived through, mm-hmm. and so and then of course every now every night I would have nightmares, but I I just would always continue to rel- relive um, a particular person dying uh anyway mm-hmm. um and it would just always play over and over and over and over and over and i had no idea that like you know i, I had depression and all that other stuff I, I just i didn't know that i was suffering from a, a effectively later on i get diagnosed with oh hey you you know you have this 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 this, this ptsd and i'm like oh because in my brain i was like well i thought only military people got ptsd like you know you hear like vietnam vets and, you know they're like acting out and you know thinking they're still in war I just didn't think something like that could happen to, um, you know, I, I didn't understand the, 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 the entire complexity of PTSD really. But anyways, um, I yeah, I didn't know, yeah. but it was later on, I ended up having, um, some real issues. And my, my wife was like, you know, that you just, she's like, you need to see somebody like, and I had never met anybody that had PTSD that, you know, you you hear about like veterans and stuff like that. So I'm like, and eventually I got, I got to, you know, I'm, I ended up seeing a therapist and therapist is explained to me everything, like everything that I was going through. I'm like, oh, wow. And, you know, kind of helped me out with managing triggers and things like that. So I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a real big help. And, um, and, you know, and it, and it took a little bit, it took my wife kind of noticing like, you know, Hey, you know, you're not, you're not yourself, you know, you're, you're disengaged, like something's going on, what's wrong, like all that stuff to really, because she knows me really well. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I was going through this change as well. And, it was just really nice having that that set of eyes to yeah. sort of kind of get me the help that I needed to kind of get out of all that and get to a spot in life where I can manage it and move forward. But yeah, but yeah. So um, I end up picking up this Aerophone. I record an album with this band, and um, and then I I was really funny. So we lose after we do this album thing. We lose our drummer. We lose our bassist, all because of like the beast. And then during this time frame, we're interviewing drummers. And we're, you know, and doing auditions for bassists and drummers and stuff like that. And I'm like, and this one drummer kind of came into an audition and um, I was just playing the legend of Zelda. What is it? Um, there's a, did you play the current, the, the, 
the it was uh, the uh super it was super smash brothers the hyrule temple the, the hyrule temple theme so i, I just uh, thought you were playing the uh the Akernia song where <laughs> <laughs> no. we i was playing legend of zelda uh hyrule temple so i was just playing that on the keys and then the basses started to jump in and then the drummer that we was we were interviewing just straight started just smashing his way i was like get the fuck out of here i was like you know video game music he's like yeah i was like dude that's awesome i was like i was like so then i was like what i was like i was like um play with me on this one so i started playing punch out and he starts just literally just starts doing his thing and it's like man if brian don't want to i think we should start a video game band <laughs> and uh nice and, and that's how i got my drummer for the video game band and literally he was just like dude i'm dead serious and so brian in my original band the optimistic cynics he was like oh, i don't think i got a better drummer let's gonna we're gonna go with this guy i was like oh man so i got his i got um i got that drummer's contact information i said hey look um and i don't know if if he would be okay with me dropping his name on something like that. So I was just going to call him my video game drummer. So then I was like, sure. Hey, the video game drummer. I was like, we got to start a band. He's like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I know a guitar player. I'm like, Oh sweet. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. Let's get a guitar player. And then, um, and then the, the basis that we had, the Catman bassist. <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to him. I was like, Hey, look, you know, um, cause he ninja vanished, then came back, then disappeared, then came back and disappeared. So I'm like, <laughs> let me, I know it's a recipe for disaster, right? So I was like, let me go ahead and just take this yo-yo person and bring him into a new band project. <laughs> Maybe he was bored. With what it's possible. Yeah. So what we did. So I took that basis. I took the drummer and then there was myself. And then the, uh, the drummer brought in his guitar friend and we talked about playing some video game songs and creating a little set list. And I said, Oh man, I was like, I was like, you guys, I've got a really good idea. I want this to be more or less not necessarily a cover band, but I want this to be a video game rock show. And um, they're like, okay. So then my brain, I went to, because I have a really creative brain, I went to and I just created like some medleys. I started taking songs that were in the similar keys. I'm all like, you know, Halo's an E, e you know, an E minor. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me go ahead and say Halo and just kind of blend it into Tetris. And Tetris is also sort of like in that, that well, I don't think it's exactly an E minor, but um it's like a russian scale or something i think I it's know. i think it, i think it's a minor uh, but we it, effectively i just I, I, I use music theory and i just sort of blend them into it and then the last one is the punch out theme song which is an a minor so i was like okay i can kind of create a bridge between these three and and then i just did it all and then all the ideas i kind of just you know it was just conveyed across to all the guys and they, they absolutely love the medley concept so i'm like oh this is cool so we got together and we started jamming and, and then our band was born and um we deployed it at like you know every band gets their similar start they we start out like open mics and then you mm -hmm. know we we tag on to like play with another band that had a gig and we're like hey give us like 30 minutes of your stage time and they're like okay so we played at this this boomer bar i'm just not gonna call it i'm not gonna name it anyways everybody sure. knows i'm gonna say yeah whatever so we play at this bar not a single person there appreciates any of the music we're playing because we're playing halo we're playing tetris we're playing punch we're playing legend of zelda you know and then pokemon and some final fantasy and uh <laughs> and not a single person there but the bartender who was like you know late 30s oh they got it and they were in it and they're like screaming and every time we were playing we played ninja turtles he's like that's my shit <laughs> and i feel like uh, <laughs> yeah sorry to interrupt i feel like it's no, hard to sell I, I feel like that's hard to sell like at first it and is like, an extremely I think the, uh, hard sell I feel like the the punk rock scene and the metal guys would appreciate it. So I figured like you'd probably want to open up like one of those shows. You know, it's stuff. awesome. Your hunch is absolutely correct because mm -hmm. we ended up tagging on to a band um, 
I'm gonna name the band Divided. So Divided is a is a it's it's like screamer metal like hard rock, and they fucking love the video game band idea. So we went to this bar. I'm not gonna name the bar, but anyway, uh, and and they were just freaking just we we opened up for them and we just played our shit and everybody there that was there just absolutely loved it and they were just like oh god you guys are great oh man and they just loved it they loved the whole show mm-hmm. and um what they loved the most about it was i i would play this saxophone thing so we would start out so the video game band we start out kind of hard rock right then we go from hard rock into sort of like a, a you know i take out all the guitars sort of like take out their distortion and we kind of get to like a nice clean sort of like like plucky rock right mm-hmm. where it's sort of like space and is clean and then that's where the saxophone kind of comes in and then everyone gets real hard again and then i'm just freaking just jamming on the sax on top of this metal band so it was just the coolest thing and um and everybody was loved it and they all just that's that, that's how i sell the band honestly uh, i don't know if you guys looked up stage select band at all but that i, I ended up naming it stage select because it's a video game thing you know if yeah, every video yeah. especially if you played mega man you know stage selects are always a thing like they've got the stage select theme songs <laughs> so do you, so i just yeah, sorry go ahead do you have the hardest job because like it's a lot of it's for a guitarist it's hard to play some of those video game lines like if that's what their main focus is unless they're playing the rhythm but Yes. Are you taking the most of the lead for like the melodies of those video games? No, actually, my guitarist is taking the lead for most of it. Um, oh, nice. I do. I also do the lead on some songs with the saxophone. So, and then when we play things like Sticker Bush, I turn the sax into more of a wind synthesizer. So then I do more of like the the synthy noises on the sax instead of like saxophone mode. So yeah, I was gonna say like you must probably change patches on your. Yes, yes, I do. You're able yep. to. Okay, that is correct. Yep, and so and so I do take the role. I go from traditional saxophone player to now I'm a synth, you know, player. And uh, there's some songs where I play guitar and you know, and I also have my 88 key keyboard that you know I'll play like pads and stuff like that. So I take the role of that as well. Um, but yeah, and most of the leads are on the guitar, but um, but yeah. Anyway, so it, it, what you were saying earlier was, yes, this band is a very difficult sell. And I'm going to tell you, it's absolutely extremely difficult in the market that I currently live in because the market I live in is a very tourist-heavy market. And tourists don't give a shit about video game music. Tourists, <laughs> don't, no, they really don't. They want to hear your Tennessee whiskey, your freaking Radiohead creep, the What's Up by Four Not, all your stupid, the standard cover songs that are literally overplayed everywhere. Yes. Um that's what they want to hear. And it's a hard sell. So my video game band, which is not a new concept, right? These things have been around for decades, jeepers. But um, but everywhere we go, it's like everyone's like, what? We've never heard of a video game band before. What is that? Or either that or you say video games and then the boomer who's in charge for booking is straight out completely disinterested because they hate video games. Video games comes with a stigma. And unfortunately, my rock band has that stigma as well, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like um, we just get hate and disdain strictly because we are tied to video games. That's a very strange. It's yes. like it's also instrumental, right? Um, no, we do some covers like uh, Sonic Adventure 2, which has got vocals uh city escape and then we do pokemon that's got vocals we do teenage Mutant Ninja turtles who sings um okay so uh all of us sing um okay yeah which is really cool so um my bassist is not much of a singer but he will take it and sort of own it up and he kind of does like a like a talking head style of like teenage mutant ninja turtles so he can't melodically have it he'll be like splinter taught them to be ninja teens Ninja turtles 
Yeah, so he'll do something like that. Um, we do. We have a singer, and that's believe it or not, I think the singer has been the role in this band that has actually been really difficult to sort of secure. So right now, um, our bassist, his girlfriend, she likes to do karaoke, so she's the lead singer now in the band, and uh, and she acts as a front woman. <clears throat> so she'll take on the songs like Pokemon. Uh, we do some Persona songs like Persona Five. I don't know if you heard of that game. No. <laughs> uh, it's got a lot of disco in it. So we'll do some disco and then the, the music in that game that, that does have lyrics. So we do those. Uh, we do Still Alive from Portal. That's got lyrics. No, no, that one either. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No, it's cool. And uh, I think Splatak, we'll do that one. That's a, it's a, it's a more modern game um, for the Switch. Um, so Splatak is a, is, a, is, a, is a song we do from the game called Splatoon. Um, and then... Um, we do uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, so we do have that one. Um, yeah, we play a lot of... Do you like, guys get re requests sometimes? Yes, we always get requests. Um, Are you prepared for those, or you're just like, you just get the idea to, like, another one to cover later? Um, yeah, we so we do a lot. When, so the way the requests kind of go, because this is more of like a show band than really just the cover kind of style. <clears throat> now, my guys all... My guys are musicians. They're jazz musicians. So they, they're they really good at just pulling up a fake book and just playing whatever, right? I hate those um, guys. They're so good. Uh, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they're good, but I, I it's really funny. I have a pet peeve. I'm sure that like no jazz. And anytime they jazz a chord, I'm just, I always give them a dirty look. I'm just like, no jazz. <laughs> I had a, I knew a keyboard player that would do that. Like, oh really? <laughs> it's like, but it's in key. And I'm like, ugh, don't. I know you're tech. You're theoretically don't correct. That, don't put that embellishment on. It sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> I would love well, to have I, that I get, back and forth. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, but they're jazz cats, man, in a rock band. So, um, yeah, and, and it happens every now and then. And I'm like, oh, it is what it is, man. So, they, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Yeah. So, which one is more successful of the two bands? Honestly, they're both equally right up on the same. Uh, I think maybe the video game band is a year younger, um, and it's about at the same level right now is the original band the only difference is the video game band doesn't have a soundtrack yet we are we we have done recording so we are in the studio for that um but i think that's the only hiccup my because i'm sort of in control of the video game band i'm the one doing the booking so i'm reaching out to you know mm -hmm. festival we actually just did a rally tour where we came back from rally um we did a video game festival called rally retro fest is a what was it called hold on rally Rally Retro Gamers Summer Expo was the name of the festival. And it was in a public park. It was a festival. And straight, straight Nintendo even showed up. Like, they were, like, there was some... Nintendo was there. Uh, there was another really big publisher. I can't remember. Limited Run Games was there. Um, but, yeah, they had a whole bunch of, like, merchants things. So it was a really good festival, which is kind of nice. It was about maybe uh, 11,000, something like that, people. It's mm, a lot. Yeah, so and and I have to have to say that was probably like the most that we've performed for in the video game band, um, you know, kind of at a at a one lump sum. Um, our in our very early era, the video game band had gotten officially booked by the city of Virginia Beach for their um. They do this thing, yeah. The city of Virginia Beach actually has a program called Live on Atlantic, and or I'm sorry, is that what they call it now? Yeah, that's what they call it. It's it's changed names, but the it's currently called Live on Atlantic, and what they do is they hire. Basically, you know, solo artists, musical acts, um, just entertainment acts effectively. And they litter them across all over the streets um, on Atlantic Avenue uh, at the oceanfront. So um, it kind of 
it's cool because we're actually paid performers and you know the city doesn't pay the city pays a little bit better than some of the bars but it is a bit of a longer gig um but but the pay is not significantly more great than a bar and and they do kind of sort of they keep it um almost exact for everybody so every so effectively when you get hired if you are a six-member band your band will get paid more but they do it based off of the numbers of persons a solo act is one human he gets paid the exact same amount as a duo because the duo will get paid double the money as a one person but they have to split it by two so then a trio gets paid triple then a quad you know then a four-person act gets quadruple effectively so every person as an individual artist gets paid exactly the same as everybody no matter what size the act is which is kind of neat yeah plus you know like you're playing out outdoors or outdoors yes. right and you're yes. not at a bar versus no kids can't kids can't go in a bar so you get no. yeah you get, a, you get a bigger audience for exposure though i mean yeah yes and no, no um no. well because it's 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 your outside so and you're entertaining so a lot of people a think you're buskers so they walk what past is you. that what? what's a busker a busker oh that's a person who basically just sets up on the side of a street with a tin can and plays for tips i've never heard of that word i guess i've never been a busker i oh, used wow. to think those i call them a bum but whatever <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so people think we're buskers even though there's a big old sign in front of us that says this is a paid act do not tip them <laughs> but anyways Mike but they'll walk past you. if you're a paid act i i they discourage it. It's this part of the contract with them. No yeah. one know. No one really know. Truly. Well, it's not yes, like it, a, it's not the twenty percent like uh, merch sales thing, you know. <laughs> um, um, they don't let you sell merch either, unless you have like a solicitor solicitor's license or something like that. It's it's a weird caveat. Um, hmm. but effectively, uh, the video game band got their first booking for this so we had to do an audition and uh we did as a band and it, they absolutely loved the they loved it straight out first off because we're playing video game music and cartoon music right <laughs> we're rock and roll bands and even though the music we're playing is like 40 plus years old right because <laughs> it goes back as far as tetris dude like that's a 1980 i don't know whatever anyways 80s yeah. so um we're a video game band and um it's and we're kid friendly but even though the band's made for like 40 year old people, <laughs> but um, they the city loved it and they straight booked us. So they straight were like, hey, we're like the hire you. We're going to give you 11 gigs. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then this is the pay. I was like, wow, we're going to get paid. Nice. <laughs> so and that's what we did. That was our first gig. So um, in the original band, uh, the Optimistic Cynics, uh, in my original band, we were doing the open mic thing. Uh, and then, you know, we effectively started getting booked. Um, so my my the um the leader of that band brian he is um he is also a solo musician that is booked through one of the three booking agencies that we have in this area and um they control most of the market and if you don't go through them then unfortunately you don't get gigs but um hmm. so with the video game band i had to work around that because the video game band is not booked through this agency Brian was booked through the agency and he was giving his spotlight, basically his bookings. He was basically sharing his earnings with the band. So he was getting booked as a solo artist in a bar. And then the whole band would show up, perform and split his solo earnings. That's how the, the original band started off. Hmm. So um, and then we got booked for festivals and bigger gigs effectively in, in that scenario. Um, 
and I don't know if you know anything about the Virginia Beach music scene. Um, there are gazebos, there are stages, like big stages, um, all, stages of all sizes going up and down that entire like resort area. Um, and all of that is controlled by a couple booking agencies. So, yeah. Um, and so my my original band is booked through this agency. Uh, my video game band is independently booked. So as far as progress goes, you know, and, and that's actually, believe it or not, dark side of the scene. I'll probably do a, a, give a big old soapbox rant about literally that right there would be my my pet peeve is the fact that I can't perform at, you know, said bar because that bar is under insert agency and they can only book their entertainment through said agency and said agency is either so busy or they just don't care or they have so many people that are dying and starving to work that they just, you know, they just throw any act anywhere and you don't get paid, but not like what buck 50 to $300 per, per, per gig. And that's it. And yeah. And of course, then they take their cut from that, but because they own all of the properties in this area, um, it's, it's really difficult to actually get work. So, hmm. um, yeah. And, and it's, it sucks because um, if you're not through those booking agencies, you don't get work. Well, why, why, why is this so necessary when people are going to people, as you said, were hungry to play. And then why would they even bother with that? You know, like, like I know like some places book, have a booking agency and then sometimes they allow like other non signed bands. You nope. Know? There's, um, there are a few establishments here. Um, actually I can name maybe four. There's four here that work through that agency, but also have the freedom to book their own acts in house. Those. So, and it's not a lot They're They're not very many, everything else you have to go through either booking agencies, um, which is just one of those three. Um, and, and it kind of sucks, which is, um, you know, it is what it is. So how, go ahead. How does that work for like a band from outside? It doesn't. You mean a band from like another town can't come play there because they're not signed with that booking agency. They have to get booked by the booking agency. And that's usually when, whenever they get acts from outside of the local area that those agencies already book. So they go out and get them. I see. So I'm trying to think of like a scenario. So like, is it usually? So like, like actually, for instance, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a hit. Yeah. So my video game band actually opened up for uh, a band called Atomic Bitchwax, and um, <laughs> uh, okay. I, I know, yeah, <laughs> and uh, apparently they're a thing from like back in the '90s, late '90s or something like that. Um, and that band showed up to perform, but that band was hired to perform at the venue, effectively, and so. And that just that's how that's usually how that goes. They seek the talent and bring it in. And so you got to open for them. So what was the perks for you? I got to open for them. They didn't like you didn't have to no. pay or sell tickets, you know, that BS. No, I uh, okay, so <laughs> that no, not for that gig. No, all I had to do was literally show up to perform and we did our thing. They gave us maybe a little spot in the bar to, be, to, to sell merch if we could sell merch, you know, like if you had shirts or something like that, then yeah, you could do that. Um, and then, of course, everybody got, you know, beer and, 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 and food. That was it. So um, mm -hmm. there wasn't there wasn't any pay involved. It was just sort of like, hi, you're going to play with, you know, the Atomic Bitch Twack. So be thankful, be grateful. I mean, um, like, I guess that ain't too bad, but like. I'm trying to think of like how that scenario is bad too, but 
I'll, I'll tell you it's bad because um, it's very difficult to stay alive and afloat if your band is not performing. If your band is not performing, that the vehicle is not in motion. If it's not in motion, then things don't grow. Like mm -hmm. social media doesn't grow. You know, saying and people use social media as the metric on your progress of your band, which is terrible. Um, yeah, which is really funny, believe it or not. Both of my bands that I'm in started before we even considered social media as even an option. My video game band had already been booked for an entire year, and I already worked on all that um, before we ever even had social media. So my band was playing for about a year and a half before I started the, the social media accounts for the band. So I, I kind of did it old school where I just reached out and I connected with other musicians. And I said, hey, look, I'm in this band. And I want to play. Oh, OK, cool. And that's how we did it. Um, and then we started to turn that into because we did get doors closed on us. Like, do you have social media? No. Well, we have, you know, do you have samples of your music somewhere? No, ah, fine. Now I understand why I have to do this. Fine, let no, me go back that, to you. Yeah, that's a necessary evil. But mean, yes, it is. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we've got it all now. But now the the conundrum is is in the music scene, which I'm sure everyone's going to have to deal with. This is I want to go ahead and get booked at a certain event, and they look at your social media, and immediately they look at the number of followers equates to dollar bills for them. If you're low on the numbers, they are not even interested in you at all. No matter how good or how high quality your act is, no matter how good you are, they give zero Fs. I, I mean, straight out got they, Yeah. I mean, once they put like the, the lesser number act on there, or is it just like, well, how many bands would they have for like a show? Um, out here is approximately like three or four, um, unless it's like a major festival or something like that, then maybe like seven. But like a regular show is just three or four. So they wouldn't put like yeah. the lesser band anyway. So you have to like meet a certain criteria, basically. Like, no, the scene out here is not like that. I've played in New York where I've had to like sell tickets. And if the band didn't sell a quantity of number of tickets, then, you know, you're, you're on the hook for buying those tickets. It's, it's kind of nasty, but um, out in this area, you are either booked by a, by an agency and you are paid to show up and that's, and then, yeah, you can get tips, you know, at the bars and things like that. Um, when you're playing at a festival or like on the stages at the oceanfront, the, again, you're played a flat, flat rate, if you have a store, you can bring your store and you can sell merchandise at the stages. Um, so it is kind of like nice in that regard where you don't have to, you know, the, the pay is not much, but you're at least getting paid versus, uh, okay, if I wanted to go play, and this is kind of what I do with the video game band, I have to look at things that are not like I had to. So one of the doors I opened up was I had never performed in a movie theater before. So I straight out started to come up with a way around the fact that I've been sort of like, you know, gatekeeped away from the current music industry. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to find a hurdle around this. Let me see where I can perform that that they don't have under their claws right now. Uh, you know what? That Mario movie's coming out. I want to open up for actually. There was Sonic the Hedgehog is what we did. So I, I stood out. I was like, you know what? Sonic the Hedgehog two is coming out. I'm going to put together a show, and I'm going to I'm going to sell that show to a movie theater, and I'm going to use this movie theater as a way of generating quote unquote ticket sales for the theater but giving us a venue to perform at and then seeing if i can get perks and maybe have the theater write us off as a marketing expense right hmm. so that was my brain that was my idea so then i reached out to all the theaters in the area and theaters were kind of struggling because this was right after the you know yep. so people weren't seeing movies in real life anymore so i sold this to uh, the cinema cafe actually. And I said, Hey, look, how cool would it be to have a video game band live playing the music from Sonic the Hedgehog on the opening day for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie in your theater, you'll be the only theater that has this. And they're like, you know what? That's a really good, 
that's a good idea. Yeah, it'll <laughs> it'll it'll basically energize people to come out and see this awesome, you know, like see music being played, and then they go get to go see a movie after they're done. And then for the ones that saw it early, when they're leaving the movie, they could see a band play. So, and it was kind of cool because we worked this thing out where I'm just like, okay, look, my band wants this for, you know, give us free food, give us free drinks, let us see the movie for free, and then pay us a little bit. And they 100% was like, yes. I was like, oh, we just got did, it. So they, where did you set up? I'm like, we like, uh, we, they, um, so this movie theater is called Cinema Cafe, and the oh. Cinema Cafe, Cinema Cafe is like a dinner theater kind of thing. They had a big old area where they had this, was it Top Gun? I think it was. I think it was Top Gun. Is that the Tom Cruise like airplane? Right. That was it's Top Gun, right? Yep. Okay. There was this giant Top Gun advertisement that was in the corner of like this movie theater. So I was like, look, let's just sit up over there. And uh and that was where we set up. And as soon as we set up there, yeah, we just right in front of this freaking movie poster. (laughs) Okay. I thought maybe you set up like in the front in front of the theater and I'm like No, because in the front they had um they had like like that was their ticketing area. Well, really I, mean, I meant like the front of like in front of this movie screen. I don't know why I pictured. Oh, that. probably no room. No, it's really cool. Is that was actually that was on the on the palette of like where to set up. Because when I was working with the movie theater, the movie theater is like, well, we could put you in a theater. But then if we did, you know, only one theater of people will get to see you. How about we just throw you in the lobby? I said, all right. That sure. makes sense. I, I thought I was like, like, yeah. So it worked out because we went in the lobby and then we started playing video game music and people just coming in. They were just, they were excited. And I'm like, yes, we got a gig. And, you know, I, I booked it, you know, I, we, we performed it. We got paid. I was like, man, that was cool. And then I just sent an email to the freaking theater. I said, Hey, if you need this from Mario, hit us up because <laughs> it's coming out in December or something like that. Right. And then, um, you know, a whole year goes by and then like they push Mario away. But literally like this year when Mario movie came out, they straight out came to us and said, hey, Mario movie's coming out. We want to do a red carpet celebration. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. <laughs> so you didn't have to do, you didn't have to cover that stupid song, did you? Peaches. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I know it's all over TikTok. But we definitely do that. Uh, one. Yeah. When I was just, uh, yeah. By the Top Gun thing. I don't know. In my head, I thought they put you in front of like the concession stand. The bass drum would hit the butter, and butter would splash everywhere and burn everybody. That would be cool. That's funny. <laughs> uh, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little warped. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah. So before we go on to the audience, I'm gonna try to guess what Casey looks like. You either look like, well, you gave what you were like. You said you were Puerto Rican, so then I, I guess I don't know. I was thinking like a darker guy, so I'm like. What if he looks like the son from like uh, Hereditary? <laughs> and then I thought of like you you have Malter Instrumental, so I picture of you looking like Prince with thick red thripper, thick red rim glasses. Oh, huh? oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh! If I, if I had them, they probably would be black. Ed's never really right, so. So, I look like neither. You look like neither. No, not even the guy from Hereditary. That's what I pictured you. I don't know why. Probably not. Who's the guy from Hereditary? Who is he? I don't remember. The son. The son. Yeah, the son. Oh, um, no. But I have the <laughs> same. I have the same skin complexion and hair. Well, I was so you know, close. Yes, you're not. But not you're, the... you're similar. Are we talking like that Alex Wolf guy? 
Is that who he was? I have no idea. You've never seen the movie? No. You've never seen that movie? It's messed up. No, I haven't. But that's what I picture. (laughs) But yes, we have the same skin complexion and uh, the same hair. So, yeah. So uh, it's like wavy and okay. Wavy. Yep. And brown. Yeah. Alex Wolf is the son. Oh, so I, I got. I got close, but not exactly. Hmm. And Puerto Rican, so I probably got the same height. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he is, but that's funny. Anyway. Now, everybody I meet, they go, yeah, you definitely look like a New Yorker. I'm like, okay, that's a thing. That doesn't help. I mean, a lot of yeah. people from New York could be like anybody, except when they start talking, you hear the accent. So It's almost always everybody outside of New York that says it, though. <laughs> Weird. I mean, yeah. like. I could have guessed Chicago, you know, like, I, I don't know how that's a, a stereotype at all. Like some <laughs> people from Chicago that when they start talking, they're like, you can hear the Chicago accent. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. So back to the, so you opened uh, the movie theaters and. Yep. Open up for theaters. And then, so then I started thinking about other places. So I'm like, um, I think it was that movie gig got us. Um, I started pro- doing some promotions for it. We had a uh, a museum actually reach out to the band, and I'm like, a museum? Well, shoot, I never played in a museum before either. Why not? Let's do this. So they straight book this heroes and villains event at the Chrysler Museum of Art, mm-hmm. and I'm all like, oh, art. That means it might be like they might want quiet or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> We're, we're a rock and roll band right. but th- but thankfully like uh all of our elements in the band are um are volume controlled so that has also been another really good selling point by the way it took an act of congress to get my drummer on digital drums but <laughs> because i don't know for some reason drummers they just have a disdain towards no they're i i could, I could they're so much more expensive but yeah i could i could oh, see he... where, like he put a fight for that one he did, but I told him I was like, dude, like, you know, it's the it's the fact that drums have volume is the reason why we're gaining we're getting so many gigs. Right. Like I'm dead ass. That probably the re- part of the success of this video game band, as I'm gonna go ahead and account it to the fact that my drummer has a volume button. I'm dead ass. Like yeah. I would not have gotten half the gigs I didn't you know, I I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have even have, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> because like I'm opening the doors to places where people don't normally play at all. And also we can play in smaller spots because, you know, when he's hitting this crash, there's no awful and no one's going to be in pain. So, um, but yeah, we got this museum gig and um, they were like, hey, we're going to have like a hero and and villain event. So we're going to theme all of our artworks based off of the heroes and villains. And we want you to build a set list kind of that fits the theme. I'm like, oh, that's easy. Heroes. You know, you got Legend of Zelda villains. We got. Well, we'll just say Castlevania and maybe do like some major system from Chrono Trigger. You know, like, so we've got some bad guy songs. Everyone's got like a, you know, anyways. So we build a set list and we get to the show and, oh man, everyone's dressed up in cosplay, which is awesome. (laughs) And, um, and like, they had this like catering company. That was a cool thing, man. And then we're just playing in this freaking museum and it was so echoey. Like it was. This place had the most reverb out of any place I've ever been. Oh, I'm sure it washed oh. it out. It was washed out. Oh yeah, it was reverb everywhere, and I was like, man. But we did it, and everybody loved the show, and everybody was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like you played Pokemon. I can't believe you played Ninja Turtles. I can't believe we played X Men. That was awesome. And that's every time we play anywhere. That's that's the feedback that we get. Do you have every- to? 
Do you just so you just dressed in normal clothes normally? Uh sometimes we or played at a convention. Out, you don't have outfits um, like all the time. Oh, that would be cool. I was gonna say that would probably sell it more. I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, it bit. probably would. That's my. We dressed up. It's hard we to play in costume. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. We got booked for a, it was a video game convention. And uh, so everybody in the band dressed up. Like, I think, um, what was it? One of my guys did Cowboy Bebop. Another one did JoJo um, from, is an anime. And then I dressed up as Doctor Strange. And my drummer dressed up as like Mario. And, and um, yeah, we, we, we all just dressed up as characters. We just performed in cosplay. Yeah, we've done that before. And then at the Heroes event, I think, um, our lead singer, she dressed up as like that RWBY. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Ruby? No. No. Oh, huh. it's okay. It's, it's internet thing. <laughs> um, but she dressed up in cosplay and then wore like a little cape for the event. So yeah, we, we get kind of nerdy with it. Um, She's but, but we have fun. Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden covers and dresses ninjas. Oh, that... so, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that would be cool, actually. Shoot, yeah, that would be cool. I was uh, actually actually going to ask you because it seems like your scene's a little strict because of like you know the the uh, you know the booking agents. Yeah. How is the me- like and um, and you know me and Brandon are always curious. How's your metal scene there? Or you're not into that stuff? Oh, it's big. Oh no, I'm I I you know, I'm equal opportunity uh, music lover. Uh, that's sure. me. I sure. I listen to everything. And honestly, I'll jam with any freaking band. I don't give a crap. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it's all of it. It doesn't matter what it is. Like rap. I I'm I think I'm at least I have an open ear to anything. And so, like even screamer metal, dude. Like when you have like the Bobcats and Heat guys, they're like. Rah, 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 rah. It's not my. It's not for me, but I sure. like all the. I like all of the music around the the Bobcat, if that makes any sense. So, That's fine. and and I really do. I freaking love. I like that all that 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 really hard metal. So we've got some venue. We got a venue here that is specifically dedicated to that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, we do play there a lot. I was gonna say well, they they should be more pretty accepting. To they the love style. it absolutely. Oh yeah, dude. It, yeah. It's there. The metal scene is really embracing towards like just video game music in general. Yeah. So, which is really nice. Um, there's a there's a festival called Virginia Death Fest. Oh, okay, is it down? Okay, I think I've not heard of that. <laughs> yeah, um, it was over by I think it was like um, oh I don't remember where it was this year. It might have been Richmond this year. Oh, but 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 yeah, I know uh, the guy that the guy that runs that is is um I don't know if he's become from what would be saying, but the band that he's in is the band called Divided, and that is the style of music that they play, and we've okay. played with those guys before. Um, and yeah, they did. They just love it. And when we do, we have some covers that kind of go just as hard as that music does. Um, yeah. Like when we play Legend of Zelda, we do that. And then when we play Megalovania, um, we, our Megalovania cover is straight out like it's nasty. So like it, it gets really like, yeah, anyways. Uh, I don't know if you know Megalovania or not. But, I do not. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's from a video game called Undertale. And uh, and that song is freaking. I awesome. know people go really crazy for the Final Fantasy covers. I don't yes, know they much do. Just, I don't know much about what those songs are. I've never really played their games, but I gotta say, Final Fantasy has probably the greatest music out of any video game franchise, next to Chrono Trigger. Um, and I will say, whenever we make a social media post that has Final Fantasy anything in it. It, mm. it that usually ends up having the most views and the most shares and most everything. <laughs> nice. Yeah, anything anything that has anything to do with Final Fantasy usually ends up being the the most popular. And I think that's because a lot of people play Final Fantasy fourteen, which is an online game. Mm. So yeah, I would I, I would say like 
Silent Hill covers, but that just sounds depressing and scary. I don't think you really cover that. No, we don't <laughs> use can't. Silent I... Hill. No, it's a pretty bleak game. But like, I know there's like a poppy, there's pop songs in that that game, which is kind of so random. You like get the shit scared out of you, and then you get this poppy like Japanese inspired song, and I'm like, it's true. Yeah. What's this got to do with anything? <laughs> Honestly, the cool part about being in a video game band is like the the repertoire is unlimited, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's so much and. And one of the things, like the difficult things about selling this band is trying to get someone who's in the late 60s, who's in charge of all the venues, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to get them to understand what our shtick is. We're like, what do you play? That is weird. You got like boomer people still running some of these places. Bro, it's it's stupid. It's all over the place here. (laughs) I don't know. And I'm not trying to be ageist, but the problem I have is... (laughs) Is okay here and now. Here's a there's a dark side of the scene. Ready? I'm, sure. This is just gonna be. I'm gonna go ahead and shit post. Sure. But so I can't stand it when these older people, at one point in their life, they open their ears to something that was fresh and new, right? Mm, and yet, point. and then they get to a certain point or an age where they just they're not gonna. They don't do. They don't care about anything else. It's only gonna be whatever they're used to eating all the time, and nothing else is ever gonna get the light of day. While they're in charge, that shit gets on my nerves because at what as at some point, right? Bon Jovi was fresh content, right? But right, what happened to that? Why do they stop? Why do people stop listening to new music? I've that's something I can't understand or empathize because Sometimes to me, they're, if they're not, I feel like not everybody, but if they're not like real, they're not musicians at all. They're just going to go what they're comfortable with versus being open-minded as a musician should be. So that's, but everybody's my, that's two, my thinking, you know. Everyone has two takes to their experience with music, right? It starts where you're listening to your parents' diet, right? Then you listen to your friend's diet and then you form your musical opinion. Hmm. And that that's, that's it. So – you know what your mom and dad listened to you growing up. I was brought up listening to oldies in the car, right? And yeah. and so that was because I didn't have control of the radio. What did I like to listen to? Video game music because that's why I played video games all the time. So I love listening to that music. Then I like listening to movie soundtracks, which was just kind of weird, anyways. And then classical music. I also liked classical music as a kid, and and so. I grew up with this kind of like, oh, well, my parents like the pop music. My, you know, my dad liked the older music and I like to listen to the nonconformist music. And 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 late and all the time, anytime I listen to music, I just go, oh, man, this is kind of cool. I like dubstep. I like I like, you know, like lo-fi. I like everything music. I listen to it all. I just consume it. And now I can form an opinion, kind of go, oh, I'm not too keen on most country music. Right. That would be that would be my statement. But Same. I don't. But I would also kind of go, but there's been some country music. I'm like, yeah, that's good, right? And I go, yeah, that's good. I like that. So I can't just say I hate the whole genre because there are maybe a certain number of songs where I'm just like, yeah, that's not for me. But I listen to it. I will listen to it. Even if it's not for me, I still listen to it. You know, do I go back and re-listen to it? Uh, Maybe, maybe not. It all depends. It, it, I, just, I mean, if it has a hook, then you're kind of like, oh, I see why people like this. You yeah, find, yeah, you exactly. Hook. But basically, like most modern countries just basically like pop music yeah what gets with, me though with, is with the twangy hooks in it you know all these older people that are still in charge they're the event managers the the booking agents the talent act you know agents all these people are either the owners of the bars right the ones who get to say i'm going to do what i want in my bar f this booking agency those are the people that i have to convince 
right? I'm playing in a video game band. You say video game, they're immediately reminded of or disgusted of their kid who's wasting their time right now at home playing video games. So I don't get the booking. You're also but, you're also dealing with like a tourist town, and so they're yes. making money off these tourists. So correct, they're going yes. to be stuck on their way. So I get I get yep. the boomer boomer mentality. You know, yeah. And it's everywhere. There's, it's so many. It's everywhere here, and so I have to look outside of our current market and outside. And you know, I've I've found different ways to keep the band alive and active, and you know, to make sure my musicians are still also paid. So like, and that that's just the thing. Um, I don't know. My soapbox is really just I can't stand having to sell my band to people who just who just don't understand it, and because I have to sit there and I really have to be like, look, for one, you know, like okay, so like. I I played an axe throwing bar, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm finding places that are like non-conforming places where I can have music performed at because you have a lot of breweries there. There are a lot of breweries here, yes, but sure. the, a lot of these breweries uh, also use these booking agencies. Mm. And when I go to them and I ask them about the booking agency, why they chose to go with that, they're all afraid of the PROs. So they're like, well, I don't want my establishment shut down because they said that if I use this booking agency, that's going to come with certain rights. And I just don't want to deal with all that. So they handle all that. That, that is the primary reason why most business owners go with these booking agencies. It's because they're afraid of PROs. So they, they're, afraid of um, going to, they're afraid of book independently because of that. Correct, because it, uh, I'll, I'll explain PROs is a performance right organization like ASCAP or BMI. So uh, that's for people who don't know. Right. Anyway, so what a PRO is, is effectively if you own a, if you own a business and that business performs music as in live music mm-hmm. or music on the radio, your business has to have the license to have that music performed or played, even if it's Spotify, even if it's the radio. Um, there is no general use license for um, for music. Okay, I, I'll take that back. There yeah. is a caveat, and it's if your business is small and it has like a like less than ten seats, and there's like there's some there's a tiny little thing for like like growing businesses. But like if you're effectively an establishment that you serve alcohol and you have a certain number of seats, then you have to pay these these performance rights organizations. It, and, and I'll tell you right now, the scene out here doesn't if you're a live performing rock band you as the rock band don't have to worry about having the license the venue has to have the license to have you perform the cover music so that's where a lot of the businesses kind of are afraid of the music industry shutting them down and putting them out of business they go with the booking agencies who sell themselves as sort of like a oh hi you're protecting your business if you use us you know what? Before you say any more, I remember a an ex drummer told me about that, and I'm like, now that it comes full circle, and I'm like, whoever fucking invented that, you need the shit kicked out of you, because to me, that's just a. I think it's a government thing. Like, yeah, listen, that to me, that doesn't even sound like freedom of speech. That sounds nope. like nope, you can't play that music unless you you know you pay your fees for this or some bullshit. Like whoever invented I that, I hope something really bad happens to you if it hasn't already. Yeah, like it should, the, all music and art is should be free. Or, I mean, not free, but like free to play it. Yeah, I mean, you, you're obviously going to get paid, but like, I don't know where. Yeah, that that whole yeah. <laughs> and, and the the whole the the thing about it is is like it's supposed to be. 
that when an establishment or a venue pays that license to the PRO to use. I wonder music. who invented that license because again, I, they need the shit. The music industry, music yeah, industry they, did. They, yeah, they're a piece of shit. So that we, we already know they're a piece of shit. So. And, and the PRO's argument would be, well, if we didn't collect these fees from the venues, then the artists themselves wouldn't get royalty cuts out of the money. What royalty cuts? That's you know how they I mean? get royalties. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's how they say half the you. Half the time, yeah, half the time, <laughs> there's artists I don't care to listen for or pay their fucking pockets. So it's like... Yeah. It's, to me, it's just like, like, you know, some big wig putting their money, hand in anything when they didn't need to be. That's just my opinion. So yeah. whatever, you know. It's think, scummy. It's scummy. I think we're going to have to wind this oh. one down. Ah, oh, gotcha. So we're pushing that two-hour mark almost. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow. Already? Dang. Yeah. Man. My bad. No, I all mean, right, you, had a, you, had a, you had a lot of different subjects to talk about. and Very eventful, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. can go over the two hours, but like I said, if we go for some reason, it won't post videos I don't know. Uh, no, I, I want to try and start keeping all the episodes under the two-hour mark. Is it no, that's good. That's good. Same person has his hands into that too. I bet. Uh, Probably. Uh, that's funny. But yeah, so that that's that's the music scene out this way. So there, there's a couple things I don't like. So a lot of restaurants will just not bother and kind of like hope that they fly under the radar when it comes to that. But out here, the city of Norfolk also does this scummy thing where as a hmm. business in order to have live music you have to have a license to have music performed live so yeah it's um yeah anyway Damn. you need a license yeah. for everything wipe your ass hunt man it's yep just, yep it's a it's a fun world sometimes yeah it's crazy you yeah so i mean that your previous or not your pre but your other band you do have original music yes sir yes we do what we do here is, if you've listened to the other episodes, we release a song at the end, not so much release, but we play a song at the end featuring music that you send to us. So whatever song you would like for us to play for your band, you can email it to me and I'll add it to the end of this episode. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, that sounds actually pretty neat. Um, I you mean, won't get royalties yeah. from us, though. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're that's funny. No, it doesn't how that works. <laughs> right. That's what nah, I'm saying. Like, like a free, like a basically free promotion. Yeah, that I'll take. Nobody's it. costing up. anything, anything. And if we'll somebody get like ends a, up downloading all, your, yeah, a whole so. two streams. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> didn't hurt anybody. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> if they manage to make it all the way to the end of these episodes and listen to the music, then that's given publicity out there. They probably free. just fast forward to the song so they don't have to hear like us talk. Like, I wonder who out get... there actually skips our first like ten minute segments when we start off. Anyways, I don't know. I, I probably would. <laughs> eh, I skip intros. My my, I feel like when I ran about something, it's basically educational. But what do I know about education? Mm. We don't get a whole lot of feedback from anyone, so we don't really know if people like it or hate it. Like we get the same amount of downloads. Like we have a steady fan base of probably like 50 to 100 people <laughs> wow that's pretty cool though no, that's that's nice it's not bad um i was gonna say i did listen to a couple of the uh of the uh, episodes um it's really funny as i took some notes because i was gonna bring up some of the topics where you had some people who are having problems overcoming certain hurdles and one of the things that i have to say is 
um, that sort of attribute to the success of of the video game band. Now, I mean, you can argue like, oh, well, your video game band's only got like 500 followers on Instagram. What kind of success do you have? Uh, whatever. That's a uh, it, it. My thing is that I am a in a band. That band is gigging. That band is alive and active, and all my musicians are paid very well. So to me, that's success. Um, so part of the things that I have been able to do to get to gain that success is the fact that I have had to overcome a lot of similar hurdles that I was listening to other musicians have. So I think what you should probably do, one of my recommendations would be maybe kind of maybe have like a forum where you can kind of collaborate on where, you know, hey, we had this person who had this issue or like maybe like have like a discord or something where other musicians kind of, kind of collaborate and say, hey, I had that exact same problem. I did this. Maybe this might work for you. Right. Um, Isn't that the round table we're doing? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I think we're having a round table like that soon. Actually. Well, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So that has definitely been something that I have been able to, you know, it's, it's adapting, it's overcoming, it's, it's working around hurdles. It's dropping the dead weight people for one. Like you just, the, in the music scene is full of very emotional people, very illogical people, very narcissistic people. You've got <laughs> Sorry, Dude, could, it's I, true. I've, I've heard it. Yeah, no. Yeah, not. you're you're making it's that true. laugh because you know for a fact you've yeah. been through it. <laughs> so, like, these are all problems. Some people, and one of the things that um maybe I can kind of thank the fact that I have uh, a little bit of a of a mental problem is the fact that a lot of that stuff just just sort of like chip on the shoulder kind of thing. So I've had band drama, right? In my video game band. Um, we had uh, a guitarist where I had a falling out with. Um, and so my original guitarist is not not the current guitar player I have now is not my original guitarist in the video game band. Um, we had a falling out. There was miscommunication. There was um, a behavioral problem that I addressed. And when I brought it up, they took the behavioral problem of me, me bringing it up as a personal attack. And um, it, it kind of upset me a little bit because I wasn't really trying to I wasn't I wasn't coming at him that way, but he took it that way. And then he started to verbally accost me at that point. So that's why I'm like, you know what? This is it. Goodbye. And as it kind of sucks because do I have a very long list of friends? No. Um, and the reason why is because there's a lot of people who are just shallow and dead weight and they will be obstacles in your path of success. I don't let that stuff bother me. I really don't. And it's straight out, boop, chip off the shoulder. Peace out, guy. I've got a band to run. I'm going to go somewhere. And I've got to keep my vehicle in motion. And he's like, well, I like to see this band get anywhere without me. Great. I need motivation. Now I'm going to go ahead and keep it alive just to spite you. No, I mean, no for real. That's how no, I, I operate. Mean, no, I mean, like, it makes sense. Like, if somebody, basically, a band is a brotherhood. And if, like, if in the way you addressed it, like, as is, is, is this fair and you're saying, hey, you know bringing up his problem then he gets all shitty with you then like then who's the problem it, it's probably him because you didn't take you know your words into consideration i don't yeah. know it just it's just how people like perceive things yeah. and like I, you know when i address my band i try not to be too mean i pretty patient with everybody and then if they take offense to it then maybe they're the problem because i'm just trying to be like i'm just trying to handle the situation best i can but yep. you know grown-ass people musicians they for some odd reason, don't like to be told what to do, even though it's beneficial to the band. So no, take, they take, don't. That, take that as a grain of salt, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, there's lots of egos in music. And yeah, and there doesn't need to be because it's like, we're all doing this. For, no. You know, again, I, I bring this up many times. We lost three years of music. Yeah. Like, let's start fresh. But no, 
I think no, they won't. Human, human nature just continue on their strange habits. So, what's well, because the problem is it's survival of the fittest, effectively, in the music scene to Pretty begin much. with, right. and everyone is so busy trying to like think of it as like it's a pool, right? And everyone's trying to stay afloat on their own that they're literally just you know pulling other people down while they just could get that one gasp of air. When it's just like, yo, guys, if you was just stop struggling, there wouldn't be ways. Maybe we could all just stand in the damn pool together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just the problem is that people are just they're, they're 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 starving for that next gig. They're starving for that 15 seconds of platform fame. They're starving. It's just like, chill out, man. If you guys worked on helping each other up and actually supporting each other, it would be a whole lot easier. And then things like the PROs and the booking agencies wouldn't be able to get one over on you. No, the problem is, is you guys say yes to the free gigs. You guys say yes to the low pay gigs. You guys say yes to, you know what I'm saying? Like, they have no self-value because all they're trying to do is get, I don't know, the dopamine hit effectively because that's that's all they're going to get at the end of the day, a beer and a dopamine hit, and then you go off to do the next gig. Right. <laughs> a bunch of junkies. Yeah, but anyways, but my, 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 uh, my advice going forward would be, look, um, I have played at every single level in, in music and I have been only doing this for three years. So I have played in Coliseums. I've played in, in um, convention centers. I have played for conventions. I have played for festivals. I have played in grungy smoke bars. I have played in open mics. I am not, you know, saying above to playing anywhere. I have played everywhere. I have, you know, and I've also been that person that has said, I'm going to take this gig and, you know, if we can capitalize on this in one way or another, as in, so we just played at a festival in Durham, okay? And I paid for the band to go out to the to Durham. I paid all my guys to perform music, right? They uh, the festival didn't offer much money, but they had eleven thousand people. So my brain was like, well, I'm gonna have to consider this a loss lead for the band. You know, did I contribute to the fact that this festival was, you know, it, it ended up being a really successful event because not only did we just get exposure to, you know. A whole a whole new city worth of people we got exposure to um you know the ma major video game publishers that were there um i got to network while i was there uh we got reinvited to the next year and when we got reinvited because this was only their second year ever running music i brought to them a level of professionalism that they had never experienced before in music so what i did was i was like hey look i'm gonna help you out i'm gonna run sound i'm gonna help you out. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure that this stage has got you know music for everybody all the acts but you know let's just let's get this produced the right way and when that event coordinator saw what an actual produced musical event looked like he goes oh man i i underpaid these people i i need to i need to rethink things and so like you know i could have been another band and shoot somebody out right yeah. and said how dare you pay us this low amount of money how dare you know you run a, <laughs> expect all the bands to bring their own pa how dare how nah it's a time and a place that ain't for that right it's yeah uh, yes now take it with a grain of salt i helped out his community and look what he's doing now he's returned the favor to my own musical community and i think that's going to be a, a really great thing for my video game band going forward so i think the thing is that people need to not look at barriers and see them and get upset with them and just kind of uh, work around it. There's always going to be a work around it. Yes, you're going to get angry up front because you're confused. But, you know, let the anger subside and kind of come back and tackle the problem with a clear mind. Right. Keep people that are positive around you. Get the negative crap out the way. Debbie doubt. You know, it's like anybody who's just, oh, you're never going to never. Ne nope. Sorry, never guy. Peace out. You're on. You're out. You're out. And I ain't got time for that. Right. 
Dude, what are we supposed to do? Bro, let me tell you something. If you can name something bad that has happened in my band, both of them, we've I've had it, right? We've had drama. We've had bad band members. We've had gigs canceled. We've been double booked. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we have all the same shortcomings in every musical act that you, you know, when I've listened to the whatever podcast that I've listened to, however many I did, um, every single person that came on your show, I had the exact same shortcomings, yeah. every single one. And um, it's just, it's just a matter of getting through it. Right. Like right. how you handle it. Yeah, how do you handle it? Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Keep yourself above the, keep your head above the water, you know, kind of go at it and say, Hey, you know what? I would love to have millions and millions of followers on my, you know, my band's TikTok or millions and millions of followers on you know the spotify like no the thing is is that if you create a goals set realistic realistic goals okay and they can be small it's okay to have small goals okay it's okay to have a very large goal right so one of my goals with the video game band was hey guys look i want to open up for nintendo world when it comes out in 2025 right i told them that i said guys i would really love to be the band that opens up for nintendo world open celebration Boom, stay select. We're playing video game music for a video game theme park. How cool is that? Right? Yeah. That's a that's like a holy crap, you're shooting for the moon. I is it real? Like, is that a possibility? It might be. I don't know, dude. And even if it isn't, guess what? The journey that we're taking right now to get to that possibility has opened so many doors. Right. Like it's just have a goal, set it, go for it. Like. That's just what I, that, that would be my thing. And same thing in my other in my other band, um, the original band. It, it, I was just like, look, I've got this instrument. No one's ever played it. I'm just going to play it. I'm going to put it on a record. People are like, don't play the thing. It's stupid. It sounds like crap. And you know what? It's it may be. It may not be. But this is what I want to do. So um, anyways, but yeah, my video game band is at stage select band. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Clapper. We're on Snapchat. We're on whatever it is. My space. <laughs> no, we don't have a MySpace shit. Damn, I gotta go spot on the name. Screw that. That's where you screwed up. <laughs> no, nice. we don't have MySpace. No, I mean it's been it's been pretty cool, like all your experiences and what you guys do. For our first basically saxophonist uh, video game band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I play sax. Yeah. I mean I yeah. love playing saxophone, dude. It is a hard it's a hard find to like get somebody to play sax and play his keys and um um, I, I'm, I'm hiring for a replacement for myself. If anybody knows any saxophone and keyboard players out there <laughs> and you, you want to play the, video game as, music. As I, I mentioned it on another podcast. A lot of metal bands are using like saxophone solos nowadays. That's that is awesome. I would love yeah, to do I, that. I think there's a band called Rivers of Nile. They have like a saxophone player on there. <laughs> I uh I would love to I would love to play sax on some like some of those projects if you guys want to hit me up I'm KC Love a Bell on Facebook. Hell <laughs> anyway, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's just uh, KC is my initials. Cole Koyos is my name, but um, yeah, um, my initials are KC and Love a Bell is actually a video game tag. It was my gamer tag. Um, everyone always thinks I'm a girl, uh, but I named <laughs> it Love a. No, it's because it's the name is Love a Bell. But if you take the name apart and you kind of like dissect it, it's Love a Pretty Girl love a bell um that's just bell, whatever. Uh, yeah <laughs> i know uh, that, that's that's my username but everyone always thinks i'm a, I'm a chick <laughs> on the internet <laughs> well everybody out there you know where to find him yep. and like you know check his band out if you like video game music which i'm sure a lot of people will check it out after you said all the covers you did so yeah man i mean it's yeah. like um i'm sure there's just if you're if you actually end the video game band scene there's a lot of video game bands out there it's not a new concept you've got like a 
what is it bit brigade um what was that uh mini bosses was one of the older ones um but yeah like so we, we we just rock and roll video game you know covers and um and the different you know what we do differently is like we we make medleys and then we we jam out on a lot of the like a lot of the other songs so like um there's this one chrono trigger song called uh shala's theme you never heard it but i promise you huh. i sell that song even to boomers they don't know what the hell we're playing but as soon as we start doing that shit i've got everyone's ear so we've got at least some songs that are really good bangers <laughs> well that's why i can't i can't wait to get it i can't wait to get it recorded i'm gonna do like a record we're gonna have like a heart-shaped record because uh the um the video game band states like uh our our logo is like four hearts and um kind of like a life meter like a legend of zelda oh nice yeah, and then each of the hearts is my stupid finger just drawing like a facial expression. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, so that like that's our that's our four hearts, and it's and it represents the four core founders of the band. So like, there's like a smug heart where there's like you know there's I don't know if you guys even know what I'm talking about, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> go to stagesselectband.com. Oh, <laughs> you'll yeah. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right on. <laughs> well, Cole, I think we're going to wrap this up. So is there a specific song you have in mind that you'd want us to play? Whoa. Uh, I, um, mm-hmm. I, hmm, I would say, oh, what would I, I think people might want to hear the saxophone thing. So I would, uh, I, yeah. I would recommend you check out the song Katie by Optimistic Cynics. We are on every major streaming platform. Um, it's just K A T I E by O C X, the optimistic cynics. Con, well, if you can send me a MP3 or a wave file of it, I'll add it to the end of this episode. Cool. But yeah. And then once we get video game music, we'll, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see us on there at stage like band, follow us on all of our social media. And as soon as we release stuff, you'll, uh, you'll be able to hear that too. That'd be cool. Sweet. All right. Well, Anyone out there still listening, if you want to be on Dark Side of the Scene, send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com. But we're going to wrap this up. So thanks for coming out and talking with us tonight. And we'll check you on the next one. Thanks for having me. Yep. Hell yeah. Couple years since you've been gone. You should know, my dear, that we're okay. And I don't know if you care. A lot of things change since you've gone out there, but we're okay. Katie couldn't see when she was running free. The world was still spinning here. Ever since the day she went and disappeared Let me see, Katie, won't you tell her that The sun was out today And she was still fast asleep She awoke and said
Full of that. 